This Three Beards Media Podcast may contain mature themes. And if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it. Good evening. Welcome into episode 10 of the Hawks Eye View. I'm your host, Andrew Barber, with my co-host, Drew Shipley. We made it 10 episodes without getting canceled. I think we should count that as a success. Uh, so big props to us. As always, we're sponsored, uh, presented by Three Beards Media. Can't forget about them. Sponsored by Revelton Distillery and Kyle Lehman at Wintrust Mortgage, who we'll hear from later on in the show. Um, big week. Coming up for the football team, uh, I I have entitled it, and I think we said in the post game last week of the Purdue wrap up, the Big Ten West Championship because that's essentially what it is. Uh, winner of this game has the inside track on winning the Big Ten West, and so uh, opening opening drive, opening thoughts here. How are you feeling heading into this week for the Iowa Hawkeyes? Do you have any measure of confidence at all? And if so, what gives you that confidence? I'm glad that you said, do I have any confidence in the football game or, or like my positive thoughts? Because obviously I don't have a lot of positive thoughts going on here with my Orioles being swept. Uh, I'm one tooth short. Uh, a lot of things have happened in the last week, Andrew, just since the post game. But uh, what gives me confidence for the Hawkeyes is running the football with Keegan Johnson. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I, I think that we may have found a, a way to uh, wrestle away the ball control game like we, we like to do, right? For Caleb Johnson, I'm sorry. I keep saying Keegan. Caleb, damn it. Um, you know what I meant. Uh, the run game in general, right? I, I think we've established the run game uh, at the game against Purdue. I think that as long as we can do that on Saturday, that we keep the ball out of Braylon Allen's hands on the opposite side. Tanner Mordecai, who has uh, proved himself to be a pretty good passer of the football, albeit it sounds like another shitty weather day up there in Madison, Andrew. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And I'm kind of like you. If there's anything that gives me confidence, it's that that there's been able to maybe be a little bit of an offensive identity, um, run the ball with Caleb Johnson, throw the ball to Eric All, who should be targeted – 10, 10 times on Saturday, right? Uh, he's our best weapon in the passing game by far, but Wisconsin knows that as well. And like you said, it's going to be a rainy day um, up there. It's going to be a windy day up there. Um, can I can I give you a, a, a stat that you wouldn't expect? Uh, is it going to say that we've won two out of the last three? Uh, no, oh. um, not at all. I'm... I'm thinking a little bit more, not wins and losses, but 
we kind of talked about before the season and throughout the year, Wisconsin kind of put this vibe out there that they were going to pass the ball a lot more and that they were going to become sort of an air raid team, quote unquote. Right. That that hasn't really materialized because and the evidence supports that in that Wisconsin has three passing touchdowns through six games. Iowa has six. We have no, no way. No yes. way. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa has six passing touchdowns. Wisconsin has three. So for the air raid team, uh supposed air raid team, they don't have a lot of uh they don't have a lot of passing touchdowns. They have plenty more passing yards than what we do. I think they have they have over a thousand passing yards, and we're still under a thousand, um, probably around 700, 800, somewhere in there. I haven't looked. Uh, but Wisconsin has 15 rushing touchdowns, and that's really where they go for it. So we thought maybe the Wisconsin rushing offense was going to change, but it really hasn't changed all that much. Uh, with the new regime in there. So that kind of leads me into my first down is what kind of, what do you expect from a Luke fickle coach team? I, I'm not sure that I really know all that much about Luke fickle other than where he's been. He took over interim at Ohio state. He was really successful, took Cincinnati to the playoffs, but I'm not sure that I really know the ins and outs of a Luke Fickle team. What are you kind of expecting from them? I mean, I, I think it's going to be a slow trend towards back to that air raid that was so successful at Cincinnati that got them to the playoff, right? Um, he doesn't have his own full class of players yet. Obviously, he only has the freshman class. Um, and really, I don't even know if half of those were his kids by the time that they hired Luke Fickle. Um so it's going to be a transition period, honestly. Like, they'll still have his philosophy of trying to get the ball out in space, onto the sidelines, getting the ball upfield as quickly as possible. Um, so I think you're going to see a slow drip transition into this full air raid offense. Um, but like you said, what, 15 rushing touchdowns on the season already in, in six games? I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, – line of scrimmage football, as you would expect in a normal Iowa-Wisconsin game uh, for the 2023 rendition. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the offensive coordinator for Wisconsin is Phil Longo, former North Carolina offensive guy who had Javante Williams and I can't remember, but he had two 1,000-yard rushers in a season at North Carolina with Javante Williams and someone else. Uh Tony Grimes, I want to say the name is. I can't remember the name. But, uh, you know, he didn't really run an air raid. He tailored his offense to his players' strengths. And I think that's kind of what we've seen through the first six weeks for Wisconsin as well. They did lose their backup running back, Ches Malusi. They lost him for the year to an unfortunate and gruesome injury. Uh, but they still got Braylon Allen and also Mordecai, their quarterback, has four rushing touchdowns and is mobile. So that's something that I will have to deal with a little bit. They've done way better at dealing with mobile quarterbacks in the last six years. Before that, it was kind of a nightmare, but the last six years has been a lot better that way. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just another element that I think Iowa is going to have to guard, guard against. So um, I, I briefly mentioned him, Braylon Allen, he was a beast, I believe, a couple of years ago. 
in the Iowa Wisconsin game. Um, I don't remember if he played against us last year. I feel like he didn't play against us last year because of an injury. But two years ago, as a true freshman, I remember him having quite the game against the Hawks. Um, he's an extremely big dude, and he has seven rushing touchdowns. He's averaging six and a half yards of carry. What do you think, if anything, Iowa can do to slow Braylon Allen down? 11 hats to the ball, Andrew. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of pursuit from, from all levels to the, to the ball carrier right now. Um, you know, and those, especially in the, in the deep secondary, uh, you know, Cooper DeGene does Cooper DeGene things uh, in the passing game. I want to, I want to see him up at that second level with the linebackers and, and stopping those runs for, for three, four five yards and not letting them get out to seven, eight, nine. Um, so I, I want to see 11 hats to the ball, Andrew. And I don't know if I've seen that yet this season, which typically a Kirk Ferentz, Phil Parker led defense. Uh, typically that they have a strength in that getting, getting to the ball. So I, I want, I want to see all 11 hats to the ball and there's no reason they shouldn't in, in a rivalry game like this. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. And that's kind of what you gotta you gotta do. You gotta really key in on Braylon Allen. Um, I think a big thing is going to be you gotta really wrap up and tackle. You can't be uh, this guy is gonna break through all the arm tackles, and you can say that a lot about about a lot of Big Ten running backs. And that's kind of what we saw during that Penn State game, right? Was their running backs were breaking tackles all over the place, and it's because um, sometimes our guys weren't wrapping up or they were out of position. The pursuit angles weren't there like they should be. Part of it was the defense was just getting tired as well, which I hope doesn't happen here. Um, but I don't really view Wisconsin as this high-flying, explosive offense either, at least not yet. They might get there in the fickle era, but they're not there in year one. They're a good offense, I would say, but they're not a great offense. They're certainly better than Iowa's offense. And a lot of that has to do with Braylon Allen and getting him the rock. So I think if there's any way that they can um, keep him closer to five yards of carry, because he's been averaging six and a half, if there's any way they can keep him five or under, I think that's kind of the recipe for Iowa to win the game on Saturday. You bring up a good point with, with missed tackles. This team has been pretty prone to missed tackles this season as well. So um, yeah, gonna have to clean that up a bit. We're we're in midseason now. You know, this like you said, this is for the, likely for the Big Ten West uh and a trip to Indy. And more maybe more so for Wisconsin than Iowa. Uh and I say that because I, I mean there's there's not a gimme game left on Iowa's schedule. I, I won't come on to this podcast any any Thursday the rest of the season and be like it's gonna be a blowout. Like every game's gonna be contested and like you can't just Illinois win, Wisconsin or uh, Nebraska win, Minnesota win. You can't just chalk up wins clear to Indy, you know. Um, with Wisconsin, if they walk away with this, you know they're going to lose to Ohio State, but the rest of their schedule's trash. So, I mean, I, I'd have more faith in, in Wisconsin winning out than than we do, honestly. Yeah, um, that's that's true. I think it's just really important to make them one dimensional on Saturday. Um, because Mordecai has three interceptions this season. That's kind of been a problem with him that we heard about in the preseason where he was throwing a lot of interceptions in spring ball throughout the fall camp as well. So I think 
I think that's kind of a key is like, I don't think Mordecai is capable of beating this Iowa defense with his arm. And that's, that's really what Phil Parker wants, right? Is a quarterback that tries to beat you with their arm. You can't quite do it against a Phil Parker defense. Not even this version who is again, not, not as good as last year, but um, certainly still good. I hope what we saw last week with Cooper DeGene following around the best wide receiver all around the field, I hope we see that again because I think that was a really good wrinkle from Phil Parker that we hadn't seen before, and it caused Cooper DeGene to get targeted a lot more than what he had previously. And if you're going to target Cooper DeGene a lot, that's going to go poorly for you as an offense. Um, yeah, 100%, 100%. And it's a great move by Phil. I mean, when you have football players like that, you, you put them in the best position to win, you know? Um, it's not going to be anybody else out there. It's uh, it's going to be number three. Yeah, and I think uh, Jay Higgins is going to be huge. We've talked about Cooper DeGene. I think Jay Higgins is going to be – the key he's been a tackling machine and he's going to have to be yet again a lot of that is the defensive line who maybe isn't getting pressure on the quarterback but they're doing really well in the run defense department and they're allowing uh higgins and jackson to basically run free to tackle ball carriers all over the place and higgins is is doing that at a high level and jay it's i don't want to say it's jay higgins versus braylon allen but we're going to see that collision um we're gonna see that collision of higgins versus allen a lot on saturday i think yeah i'd say one of the unsung heroes of this defense has been sebastian castro personally i mean he's not over athletic but he's always near the ball he's he's always in the play you don't see him breaking down coverage um he's there to contest the pass every time um so like i've been impressed with with Sebastian Castro, um, you know, throughout the first six games of this season. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. And I wonder how much I was going to stay in that 4-2-5. Because that's the cash position, Castro. Will they bring on a 4-3 against Wisconsin a little more? Because Wisconsin is just like Iowa and that they aren't going to play four or five wide, at least not often. Even no. even this year's version of Wisconsin, I think Fickle kind of knows who they are and what they should do on offense. And it doesn't involve going four or five wide. And if you kind of go lighter with that five defensive back set that Iowa likes to run, that's when you can get eaten up in the run game. So I love Castro, and I hope they leave him in there. Basically, you can run Castro as your third linebacker, and that's what I would do. But they might, we might see a little more of Kyler Fisher or someone else in this game. Yeah, you might be right, uh, and you're absolutely right. Again, the the lead up and the weather forecast seems a lot like Penn State, but then like Penn State's weather report to me really didn't materialize into being a factor in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like this one might be more. I can't say for sure, but I mean, they're, it, it's going to be pretty windy out there. So yeah, I don't see them running any four or five wide receiver sets uh, uh, Saturday with wind blowing 20, 25 mile an hour. I don't see it. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't see it either. So um, 
that's a good place to go ahead and hear from our sponsor at Revelton Distillery. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. All right, let's uh, welcome back. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk crossover at Kinnick. Huge event. I just saw today that 52,000 tickets have been sold. There's still more available. Um, it's going to be a cold day, unfortunately, on Sunday. It's this Sunday at 2 o'clock. I believe the Big Ten Network will be showing that game on their channel at Sunday at 2 o'clock. I'm going to be there in attendance. I'm happy to be there in attendance because it's going to be, I don't know if this will be the only time they do it, but it'll be the only time that probably Caitlin Clark gets to participate in this kind of thing. Um, so got to see that. I'm really looking forward to it. The opponent is DePaul, who I don't really know anything about DePaul. I don't know if you've any done any research on <laughs> DePaul women's basketball. I, I think Iowa should win this game, um, but we'll see. I just think it's going to be a really cool atmosphere. They're having a kids captain. They did a whole promo today on the kids captain that I thought was really neat. Um, Bluter and company are just, they're awesome. It's just an awesome team to get behind and easy to root for. So the great part about women's basketball too, is they play four quarters. And they're waving to the kids after the first quarter. Right. So I, I, I think that's going to be awesome that they get to do that this weekend as well. Um, you know, keep that tradition alive and in basketball form. So it'll be, it won't be quite a sold out Kinnick, but I mean, three quarters full. That's pretty awesome. That's a lot of people. And that is going to be a record for a women's basketball game, I believe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um. So. That I really, is... I, I almost really thought that there would be an outside shot of, of getting close to matching Nebraska's volleyball game at Memorial. Yeah, so like they would actually sell out Kinnick and then have floor seats to try to get to to ninety somehow, but obviously not. The wrong wrong time of year, really. I think for that. Mm, yeah, um, but e either way, it's gonna be awesome. Fifty thousand people. It's gonna be like a, like a men's Final Four crowd, right? Essentially, yeah, it'll be like a men's Final Four level crowd um, there, and 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 despite, and despite the cold, it's supposed to be dry. So by and large, it sounds like the event will will actually go on outdoors. So that's what I'm most excited about. I'm glad there's no rain in the forecast. The event's going to actually happen. Maybe a little cold, maybe a, some slight wind. We'll see how that affects the game because. I don't know how often you've played basketball outside, but wind can really mess with your shot. Yeah, uh, with, with that being said, like if 
if Iowa would do something right here and like invite Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes to the game and do some like white men can't jump, like a little tribute, you know, because playing outside, you know, they mm. a little wind, little wind thing, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. That'd be great. Oh. That, 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 that's my era. I love that movie, but uh, I do too. Yeah. I've I've seen it a couple of times. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but I I just think it's gonna be a great event that um is awesome, and I hope other people take that and copy it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then uh, we see bigger matchups in the future. So that's a I'm. I'm kind of preparing for this to be Caitlin Clark's last go around. I don't know if this is going to be her last year. I know she has another year. A lot of the word is that she's coming back, but I'm kind of preparing this year. This is kind of just the appetizer for kind of what I think might be the start of Caitlin Clark's last year at Iowa. I hope it's not, but it it might be because the WNBA is expanding next year. They, they've got an expansion team out there in San Francisco, I believe. Yep. And I think the idea is put Caitlin Clark out in the same place where Steph Curry Steph is. Curry. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, 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 well, that's the, that's the number two thing, right? The number one thing would have been to put a team in Des Moines if they were really smart. <laughs> that, they would, they would sell out Wells Fargo arena every, for every single one of those home games. Um, but, they'll probably sell out plenty of arenas around the country for her, no matter where she goes. Um, I I hope so, Andrew, because by and large, up until this point, the WNBA has been a, a profit loss organization. The NBA has had to keep them afloat uh, many, many of time. And, and I hope it's true. And, you know, everybody that talks about Caitlin Clark, she's transcendent setting all these records, this, that, and the other, we are still talking about college basketball right now, right? And college basketball is, is its own phenomenon. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard the name Aaliyah Boston in the last year? Not a lot. She was the she was the rookie of the year. Right. See my point? You yeah, know, I heard, see your point. We heard Aaliyah Boston down our throats for like three consecutive years, right? Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark, Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark, now Angel Reese, right? She moved on. You maybe heard her name once or twice until I just said it. And she she won rookie of the year in right. Indiana. So right. I, I I hope it is truly transcendent to to boost that league and to at least to be a self-sufficient operation. So it's kind of it's kind of weird to me that they're expanding at this time when they're not profitable profitable now. You know what I mean? So yeah, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm like anti women's pro basketball or anything like that. Cause I'm not. And I don't know like how they're in a position to be able to expand right now, but you, you know, you're giving more women opportunities to play the game mm-hmm. in the United States, which is great, but they're still getting, they're still getting paid dimes. You know, they're getting paid like you'd be working at a bank or, you know, in the military or, you know, whatever you do, work at the newspaper. Like you're not getting paid great money. Um, right. right. So I, I hope it is truly a transcendent move when Caitlin Clark goes to the WNBA, but I, I am skeptical. How about that? Yeah, that is, I mean, that's fair. 
I would say that uh, Caitlin Clark's game is a little bit more flashy, a little oh, bit no more, doubt. No doubt. Uh, easy to watch and uh, therefore attractive to the younger generation as well. It kind of reminds me a lot of when the NBA was a floundering product in the 70s and here comes Magic and Bird. Um, now, Caitlin Clark is her version of Magic Johnson, basically. But yeah. uh, there's no bird for her at this point in time. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I'm, I'm hoping it gets to the point where it was when I was a, when I was a kid and the WNBA just fired off. You remember like Cheryl Swoops and Cynthia Cooper, the Houston yeah. Comets? And Tina Thompson. Yeah, I remember that team. I mean, they were incredible. I wa- I watched that then when I was a child, you know? So hopefully yeah, hopefully yeah. there might be a little resurrection there with, with the youth. I, uh, I hope so. I hope so. Me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, uh, back to Saturday, big one. Um, man, I, I don't even really know what else to say about it. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think... I always got a good chance. I think it's how will this, I've asked you this at multiple points this season. Does a, a loss affect how you see the rest of the season? What does a win do for your outlook for the rest of the season? What does a loss do for your outlook for the rest of the season? That's a great question, Andrew, because going into the season, I thought we'd lose to Wisconsin anyway. Mm-hmm. Going into the season, I thought we would lose to Penn State anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. So looking back to episode one, we're doing our preview. That Penn State loss happens. Say they lose to Wisconsin this Saturday. We're we're exactly where I thought they would be. Right. But we're we're getting caught up again in the the hows. How how did this happen? How did Penn State spank us and, and shut us out for the first time in 40 years or whatever it was? You know? Um that's that's where I draw the line of how how I feel about a win or a loss of or more more importantly the loss aspect of it. If we lose a nail biter, they hit a field goal with time expiring, we lose 17-14. I'm going to be broken hearted, but I'm not going to be like, well they kicked our ass, it was 27 nothing, you know. And and then feel more poorly than I would have either way. A loss is a loss, right? In college college football, they add up quickly. Um, if, if they win again, everything is back on the table. Indianapolis is back on the table. We're probably top 25, you know, we're essentially 34th now. Um, whether we should be or not is, is another, (laughs) another argument. Um, especially with, with quarterback play, but, uh, you know, when you're, when you're six and one and you win at Wisconsin, you're going to be hard to ignore, I think you know, in the, in the, in the 22, 23, 24 range. So, I mean, every, everything's on the table if we win and if we lose, it's going to be how we lost determines how I feel. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I've been banging the I cult drum of this is India or bust. So to me, a loss greatly impacts my view of the season because it doesn't make it um, impossible but we've kind of talked about the scenarios with Wisconsin's schedule. They only have, they have a non-conference loss to Washington State, which doesn't matter for the Big Ten standings. 
and their only possible conference loss outside of Iowa is Ohio State, and it's a home game. And who knows with how Ohio State has looked at certain points, Wisconsin might be able to sneak out a win somehow in that kind of a scenario. I where's, wouldn't bet on it, but where, I they might be able to. Where's the Minnesota game? It's at Minnesota. That would be that would be the only other trip up I can think of. Because the right. Paul Bunyan Axe game is always weird. I mean, they've they've shut out Wisconsin out of the Big Ten championship game more than once. We would need them to lose to like Wisconsin, Minnesota, and then Nebraska or Illinois. Right. And it's I don't know. Maybe maybe Nebraska kind of gets Illinois Illinois is trash, so Nebraska would have to be our final hope. <laughs> right. And I don't really want to pin our I don't want to pin our Big Ten West hopes on Minnesota and Nebraska having to beat Wisconsin. No. Because no. that's not happening. And like we've said before, divisions are going away. This is again, I Colt said this, I totally agree with this. This is Iowa's best shot to get back into the Big Ten championship game. I don't know when the next shot is going to come around. And it may not be with this coaching staff. It definitely won't be. It definitely right. won't be. There's no way. Right. I and mean, so, we've, seen, we've seen the schedule from 2024 to 2028. There's a couple of years, including next year, that I'm like not too – like I can carve out 10 wins out of that. But 10 wins ain't going to matter with 18 teams in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? Like you right. go 2 they're still not going to be in the top two. Right. So, and I mean, there, there might be one loss teams that, that don't make the top two. So, like, I, I feel like there's going to have to be a better resolution than just, well, you took the top two, right? Because – or they're just going to do, do away with it anyway because you, you can have one loss, just say Wisconsin – Right, one loss, Wisconsin. Well, they're playoff team number eleven, whether they whether they play the Big Ten championship game or not. Well, they're in. What if the one loss team in the Big Ten championship game loses? Now they have two. The team that played for it doesn't get to make get to play for the playoff. Right. And the team that we didn't even you know, like TCU. Right. You know, last year. Granted, that wasn't a two loss team, but you know what I mean. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean with the playoffs I, I, expanding. Yeah, with the playoffs expanding, they might do away with the championship game altogether. I think they should move it to the be. move to the ten game conference schedule, and and just let it be that. Yeah, and I don't want to call because, like I said, I feel like Iowa could lose this game, and they'll probably be favored in every other game on their schedule. Probably. Yeah, and I feel like they could go ten and two, and miss the. Big Ten Championship game, and I don't want to call that a failure, but it will feel like a failure because everything was there on the table for this Iowa team, and it comes down to really that one game, that one moment. Um, and I, you know, most years I think Iowa fans would be satisfied with 10 and 2, but again, it's the how that you've talked about. It's the look at how bad the Big Ten West is, it's one of the worst divisions in all football and you came in second um, that that's really more where I'm coming from with feeling, I don't want to call it a total and utter failure, but it'll certainly be a major disappointment for me, at least if we go 10 and two and miss the big 10 championship altogether. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at as far as how this game affects my outlook. Yeah. So didn't you have, 
Was it me that had them at ten and two, or was it you? Uh, I had eleven and one, so I, I don't have them losing this game. So, so I had them ten and two. Yeah, and still in Indy. So maybe maybe I undershot Wisconsin's ability or didn't take into account their schedule because I felt like Wisconsin would have been like a nine and three football team. Yeah, they're a nine and three football team that's gonna go ten and two because they had one bad non-conference game and they're going to lose to Ohio State. And I think we also expected a lot more out of the Illinois, out of maybe yeah, what a, yeah, what, a, yeah, what a shit show there. Wow. Yeah, we expected a little more out of Illinois. We expected maybe a little more out of Nebraska or Minnesota, and those teams have looked just flat-out bad, right? So yeah. there's not really anybody. We overshot kind of the rest of the West. Which we knew it was going to be not great, but we didn't think it would be this bad. Right. True. So that's kind of how we've we've gotten here and why we feel the way that we do. So um, let's hear from another one of our excellent sponsors, Kyle Lehman at Wintrust Mortgage, and we'll come back to wrap up the show. Are you in the market for a new house and unsure of the mortgage process? Want to know that you have someone looking out for you? Kyle Lehman from Wintrust Mortgage is a down-to-earth, knowledgeable lender who can be there for you in your corner. He can work with you in any of the 50 states and is just what you need to expand your home search. Kyle will work with you through the entire process with little to no work from you. Take the worry of the mortgage process out of the equation so that you can focus on looking for your dream home. Contact Kyle at www.wintrust.com forward slash Kyle dash Lehman or call him at 515-473-0546. All right. Huge thank you to Kyle Lehman. We have reached our final cut and I'll start us off. I think I was going to barely win this game. Iowa 13, Wisconsin 10. If you're looking for points, this ain't it. <laughs> right. Um, over under is 34. We're going way under with the total of 23. You've got a really bad offensive team with a really great defense of Iowa. The average, maybe slightly above average offense of Wisconsin, pretty good defensive Wisconsin as well. Plus the weather factor that we've talked about. That's not really a recipe that adds up to a lot of points being scored. I think, you know, if we get two touchdowns out of this game, whether it's special teams, offense, what defense, whatever. I think we're looking at a total of like two touchdowns, basically with that 13 to 10 line, Wisconsin and Iowa each get one and Iowa gets two field goals and Wisconsin gets one field goal. And it's a lot, it's a lot like that 10, six game in 2015, where it's just, nobody can really do anything and it's all defense and punting and, all of that. So kind of what you would expect from Wisconsin and Iowa who kind of have those kinds of battles in their history. So your prediction is it's a big 10 West football game. 100%. You really, you really went out on a limb there, Andrew. Really I'm, not, I'm not going out on a limb with my prediction. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to follow suit with you in saying that I was going to win the turnover battle. And whoever wins the tur- turnover battle wins this football game. I'm going 17-16, Iowa at the buzzer. Drew Stevens, uh, 37-38 yard field goal into the wind. 
Well, then you're going to be doing the reaction alone because I'm going to die of a heart attack <laughs> during the game. Listen, nobody, nobody wants that with this grill right now. And, and I apologize for you listening to this for 36 minutes and counting. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry. It's about to get fixed here uh, in a week and a half or so, um, hopefully. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we'll let you get around to fixing that. Uh, hope you all enjoy this weekend. It's a great weekend to be a Hawk fan. The game on Saturday, the game on Sunday. Uh, support your team. If you're going to the game at Kinnick, the crossover at Kinnick, you'll be loud, make noise, have fun. Ultimately, I'll see some of you there maybe. Um, but thank you as always for listening. We appreciate all of you. We'll be back on Saturday night after the game within 10 to 15 minutes after the game to give our thoughts after that. Uh, and we'll see you then. Um, listen to this on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate all of you. Thanks for tuning in and go Hawks.